0: Take a look at the bold man, musical legend. Oh man, he's got a few clunkers though. What's with this trumpet so low? Ho, ho, On this make it stop! Very nice. Right? Yay. Hello, Stoppies. Hello,
1: Stoppies. It's me. I'm hungover again.
0: <laughs> what a surprise. We,
1: <laughs> we just got back from Montreal.
0: Montreal. Um, shout out I, to our Montreal Stoppies.
1: Yeah, shout out, shout out Montreal to Chuggo. Stoppies. Shout out Chuggo. I know you're listening. Yep. Uh, I got to figure out a way now that I'm 30-something to, <laughs> like... I don't know what you're supposed to do on vacation other than binge drink.
2: Well, that's what
1: you do. You <laughs> no, just got to hydrate.
0: <sighs> we, <laughs> we, I mean, the first night in Montreal, there was no amount of hydration that was going to save us from that hangover. But God, was it worth it. Yeah. Shout out to uh, Andre Nguyen of, of Big in Japan who – gave us a a pretty incredibly hospitable welcome to uh, Montreal on Friday night when he locked us into his bar (laughs) and forced us to take like seven shots while talking about Boston sports. Yeah,
1: this is a true story. (laughs) This is a real thing that happened. We got locked in the bar. (laughs) We did. uh, And then fed (laughs) shots (laughs) <laughs> and we Smoked were, like, inside smoking, Maybe This is gonna I hope we don't get him in trouble when No the, like, he's, If we like blow up In two years he, and Oh sure The back episode He'll be thrilled like, Some Montreal eater. Montreal is like <laughs> Look at what these podcasts Are said about this. <laughs> Him keeping his bar open illegally and smoking in it. <laughs> oh
0: man, I don't know. this. they are not as uptight as us Bostonians. I don't think they give a shit. It mm. was amazing. There, it was so much fun. As
1: long as everything is written in both English and French, it'll—you'll be all right.
0: Yes, right, exactly. Um, yeah, it was a—it was a fun time. I'm feeling—I'm feeling just fine.
1: Nah, no, I feel I'm garbage. I'm, I'm a garbage man.
0: I'm drinking a Briggs Hard Seltzer. Shout out to Briggs Hard Seltzer. They are a, li- a local uh twisted seltzer company you know and that's my new band name <laughs> that i'm gonna start <laughs> called twisted seltzer
1: <laughs> we'll be that a just
0: pop a... punk band get it
1: <laughs> i was gonna say you be a twisted sister cover band that changes all the lyrics to be about seltzer. to be about
0: seltzer so we could do it like the pizza underground <laughs> or like fucking oakley Dokley or whatever yeah, yeah be just so a joke band let's
1: see if we can come up with one now what's the uh
0: I want some seltzer.
1: I don't know, dude. Hey, can I have one of those? I yes, might, you sure can. I might spruce up after I drink it hard seltzer. We
0: are gonna drink it. Yes, we're all gonna drink it. We're gonna drink some seltzer with our friends. Dude, 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 dude.
1: That's so wholesome. That's so much more wholesome than the songs we were singing over the weekend.
0: Oh my God. Can we tell the stabbies about that?
1: Yeah, yeah. Our- I mean, well, we just started making. Her- making songs about Tom Brady kissing his son on the lips. <laughs> he was um, so good. Like, it started just as that, like... <laughs> uh and you can tell all your friends I, I kiss, kiss my, my son, son on the lips. lips. And then somehow it devolved into just doing songs about fathers fucking their sons.
0: <laughs> you might as well be fucking, fucking on, on your son. son. <laughs> <laughs> so you
1: can if you're bored and you're this looking is... for something to do, you can have a lot of fun with this conceit for days. Yes.
0: Please it's, it has gone on for days. Stoppies, please <laughs> tweet at us at make it stopcast and tweet us your best. Uh, father-fucking-fucking-remix <laughs> yeah. uh, of, of your favorite song. We even did one for uh, the artists that we're talking about today.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I guess let's start. Let's
0: do that. Well, let's start the show. So we... <laughs> we... oh,
1: let's do the tagline I first. I was just
0: about to say. Oh, so it's
1: great minds. Well, how
0: about it? Let's let's tell them who we are and what our show is. Uh, you're listening to Make It Stop Bad Music.
1: Good times.
0: And I'm one of your hosts, Heather Mack.
1: I'm your other host, Mike Dunn. Yes,
0: indeed. We're
1: guest list today because we have a special format episode oh yeah the comes but once a season uh we're doing the bottom 10 worst david bowie songs
0: Oh, wait, can I do one quick thing? Oh,
1: uh, yeah, yeah, do, yeah. I just
0: want to do, before we get into uh, to the artist of the day that we're going to be discussing, I want to give a shout out to all of our loyal and trusty stoppies out there who got us officially to 5,000 downloads! Woo! That's a fucking lot for, you know, some idiots ranting in a closet. <laughs> it's
1: true, and we don't do, like, any promo for this. We don't
0: know what we're doing. I don't
1: know how anyone is finding us. It's
0: unbelievable.
1: People, um, but pe- it's cool.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's very fucking cool. We have fans. We have people that we really don't know at all. About. That comment on our shit and stuff. So yeah. shout out to them. Thanks. We, pr- we appreciate you.
1: Thanks for anyone who's told their friends about us. Um, you know, spread the word at all. Like, I, I literally have no idea how we got to 5,000 downloads. Um, I know it's, you know, it peanuts to some of the big shot podcasters. Yeah. But it means a lot to me. Sure
0: does. Because
1: I'm a musician and I guarantee no one has listened <laughs> to anything else I've done 5,000 times. I
0: know. That's what I think about. I'm like, yeah, have I ever gotten 5,000 views on anything or, uh, you know, any of my songs hit five thousand listens. Like nah.
1: I think if you added up everyone that ever went to any of my band shows, it would be significantly less than five yeah, thousand. right. Would be like I
0: think if you added both of them together, <laughs> that's <laughs> that's not true. Uh, but uh, yeah, so we appreciate you, Stabby. Thank you. Keep keep spreading the word.
1: Yeah, it's it's pretty dope.
0: It is dope. It's dope you do to it be
1: appreciated, you. and yeah. we'll keep bringing you quality content we about sure fucking your son. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh <laughs> my god. Oh my god. It's too easy. It's too good.
1: Um. So yeah, so we do this thing occasionally where we will take a legendary, respected artist. Yes. You know, someone who is in the canon of uh, the all-time greats, and we find the worst shit they ever did. Yeah. So we've done that this time with David Bowie. Um, he is one of my favorite artists. Before we really get into things, I want to address what might be the elephant in the room. Something that I'm sure people will at us for if we don't at least mention it. Which, you know, uh, people I'm sure will say, you're going to do an episode taking down David Bowie and not even mention that he was a pedophile sort of thing. hmm um, and we mentioned
0: it, <laughs> you know,
1: and it's uh, you know he did um, have relationships have with relations fifteen and 16, with
0: sixteen year olds, right? Yeah.
1: Sable Star and um, yeah, uh, not a good Lori look. Maddox. There are two notorious underage groupies around in the seventies mm-hmm. New York groupie scene. Um, I don't want to say the anything other than condemnation for that. Um, I do want to say that I think. If you look at the what was going on in the music scene the of context. the time, anyone who was a famous musician in the seventies probably had sex with at least one teenager. All your
0: heroes are pedophiles. They
1: were brought into <laughs> they were led into the clubs. You know, it, it's, it's, it's 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 not even a matter of like back in the seventies, like it was the type of thing where people were willing to look the other way. It was the type of thing where in the seventies it was like. A celebrated expectation of like, oh, yeah, you are a famous rock star. Here, you've earned this type thing. There you go. They would let these girls into the clubs. Um, It was part of the culture. And the best you can hope for from any musician of the 70s is not that they didn't sleep with a teenager, but the best you can hope for is maybe they feel bad about
0: it now. It's absolutely correct.
1: Uh, So that's out of the way. Um, We can get into that more uh, in the comments or some shit if you guys really want to. Yes. Um, with that being said what do you think of David Bowie <laughs>
0: <laughs> no um I mean I love David Bowie I I really got into David Bowie with all of all of you know our friends at, at UMass um, but I obviously knew and appreciated him for his spot in in musical um, you know history and actually not a spot like an uh, just generations which I think it's 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 really um, appropriate that we did Prince and now Bowie because I I think both of them were like these singular, very multidimensional, complex, um, uneven artists uh, that were also musical geniuses and, and, you know, had really visionary artwork um and also, you know, that got a little too big. Their vision got occasionally too big for their britches and they made some massive flops, which is why it's, it's fun to kind of talk about those, those mistakes. But in the context of uh, music in general, David Bowie is incredibly influential and I very much enjoy what I have listened to of Bowie, which I think is a smattering from uh, many, many different albums. But I can't say that I've ever taken like a deep uh, cataloging look at um david bowie's music
1: sure so for me bowie is um one of my favorite artists of all time i have listened to every one of his albums that's
0: unbelievable how many albums has he put out he had made 20 albums i think by the 90s or the early 2000s (laughs) i think
1: actually i think maybe 19 plus the live albums i've listened to live albums too but it's a lot um you know his work Basically, from uh, 1969 up to 1983, I think is infallible. I think that entire string of albums is uh, excellent. He didn't have anything, any, you know, any bad albums from that time. There may be some yeah. bad songs here and there. Um, but then I think that, uh, you know. Bit
0: of a stumble. As someone
1: who has the, gone through the whole catalog all the way up to Black Star, really things got a little rough in the 80s yeah. and the early 90s. Um, I think that that is a time generally where artists that sort of made their bones in the sixties and seventies, mm-hmm. ge- like across the board, really stumbled trying to adapt to the sounds and trends. Yes. You know, there were there were mm-hmm. new things going on in music with synthesizers and production techniques and there- that just did not were not harnessed well by people who were not entrenched in the scenes that those sounds, you know, were invented in
0: yeah there was a lot of like I'm at I'm at the you know cruise line buffet and I'm gonna eat the crab legs and the fucking lobster and the steak and I'm gonna have a tummy ache because I tried to do everything and it hurts
1: Yeah, and also I've never had shellfish before. Yes, and I'm so allergic. I'm just and... eating the shells.
2: <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> my throat is swelling up. I'm yeah. singing in a really affected, like pseudo Jamaican, pseudo French accent. All of a sudden, what's going on?
1: Yeah. Oh man. Oof. Yeah, yeah. That's the thing. I, that's a thing. I put that accent in my notes.
0: Yeah. Which Which one? <laughs> there's There's a bouquet.
1: Yeah. So a lot of the stuff uh, on the list today is going to encompass uh, his uh, work in the during that time. The 80s and early 90s but i think we have a little bit of variety uh in addition to that um i deep dived i listened to some albums i don't listen to as much i looked online for some discussion just trying to remind myself what uh we're working with here Heather, you did a little online research as well, I did.
0: I'm going to give a huge shout out, actually, and we should definitely remember to tweet this episode at him, but Chris O'Leary, there is a journalist who has written a really great, incredible song-by-song breakdown of every single David Bowie song, of which, by the way, there was 27 studio albums and 11 live albums, and then a billion compilations, so that's a lot, but... I believe that he wrote, it's actually going to be a book called Pushing Ahead of the Dame. um, And there's some really great takes. And I have at least one of them that I wrote down word for word because it was so funny. So check that out if you want to really, really, really spend some time in an internet hole. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's a lot of fun. (laughs) I love
1: getting into internet holes.
0: (laughs) Are you talking about fucking your son?
1: (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Should we get into this? I think... I, I I don't know what else to say about this other than, like, it is, it's, if, if you've only heard, like, Ziggy Stardust or Let's Dance or, you know, the Berlin Trilogy stuff, if you've never really gotten into the later period Bowie stuff, never really did the, got into the deep cuts, the quality of these songs is pretty shocking.
0: I yeah. Think. But in general, I think you should get into those deep cuts. And even this inspired me to, like, spend some more time with David Bowie because there are some really – also some some great gems that you wouldn't know about. But we're not talking about those today. That's definitely not what this podcast is about. This is about some bad, bad shit. And most of it just comes from pure, you know, ostentatiousness. Just, like – I can do whatever the fuck I want. I can shoot someone on Fifth Avenue, and they'd still vote for me because I'm David Bowie. <laughs> well,
1: yeah, that's a that's a crazy thing. Um, I don't want to show our hand too much, but I will just say that there's at least one song from the album Never Let Me Down, 1987. Yeah. And that album is, like, one of the top-selling Bowie albums of yeah. all time. And
2: yeah. It's I bad. Just, it's just... <laughs>
1: You know, between this and the return of Bruno, what the fuck good came out of 1987 other than me being born? <laughs> Honestly, that is a fucking, maybe the worst year on record. It is, yeah. All, I think it's like me being born and RoboCop. That's all we got. <laughs>
0: In that order. <laughs> all uh,
1: right. All right. But yeah, let's get into the actual countdown now. We'll start with number 10. This is... <laughs> uh There... So the... the <laughs> yeah. All right. So this... <laughs> this is Join the Gang. Sure is. It's off of the first David Bowie album, the self-titled David Bowie, 1967. This whole album is fucking bonkers. Um, and I, I wanted to... You know, if, if there was a top 20 worst Bowie songs, there'd be a lot more songs from this album. Um, but yeah, let's get into Join the Gang.
2: All
0: right, let's 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 go ahead and do that. Switch off
2: now that she's joined the gang.
1: Arthur is a singer with a band. Arthur
3: drinks two bottles just before he goes on stage. Look at Arthur Ray. All the kids are paid. They want to see the croaking man who joined the gang You won't
2: be alone we've all got very Okay.
1: Great- yeah, I mean, I don't know. This this whole <laughs> album is like it's all just stories about shit.
2: Mhm. And
1: I this is a story I guess about like drunk Or drug addicts hanging Uh, out. I can't tell if he's, like, moralizing or not, but it's a weird look for Bowie to be like, oh, you shouldn't do drugs or drink. (laughs) Yeah, I know, right,
0: right, in this, like, weird, like, children's nursery rhyme kind of cadence. My first note, I just wrote, a honky-tonk teddy bear picnic of bad ideas.
1: (laughs) It's also got a sitar in it. Um, (laughs) Yeah. It's got uh like gargling and fart noises in Yes, the end. yes. There
0: are so many fart. Yeah, I said um an extended dolphin farm animal fart breakdown <laughs> yeah. is what I described it as. Um, um yeah, it was weird. It's like if the Kinks kind of tossed off a children's song, you know what I mean? Like, it felt very, like, we are the village green, but, like, not clever. Um, yeah.
1: Yeah, the whole album or is Or
0: <laughs> or good.
1: <laughs> it's like a novelty version of the Kinks, like, the whole album sort yeah. of is. Um, And, like,
0: the Kinks did a really good job with that. So if you're going to, like, try to rip them off, like... Maybe, maybe don't like do David Bowie.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't think David Bowie knew how to do David Bowie at this point. Yeah, like he knew how to play piano, and he was skinny and. Uh somehow lucked into uh a record contract with these songs. Yeah. Luckily he turned into David Bowie after this, but uh yeah, if you listen to that it was first dialogue
0: Dave Smith from Sussex, where what's um, his real name? No,
1: his name was David it's the same guy uh the guy from the monkeys, what's his name? David
0: Uh Nes. no, no. David Oh, David Jones. David Jones. Jones, yeah. David Jones. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, there
1: we go. Um yeah, no, it's a bizarre from
0: album. Brixton.
1: If you, if you listen to it, I kind of just picked a song at random from it because they're all bad. Um, yeah,
0: there's some weird tonal shifts. This one is specifically bad, though, because there's, again, it's it's like, there's like these extended breakdowns that make no sense, and then it goes back. The part that we played to you is pretty straightforward, but there's a lot of weird, weird, psychedelic, atonal, I don't know, it wasn't good. No. There's a lyric where he's, he describes, he just says, doing nothing altogether very fast, which I believe is an apt <laughs> lyric to describe <laughs> the song and uh, probably the album. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was really bad, actually. I thought yeah, it was worse than really some bad. of the other ones.
1: No, it's definitely really bad. Yeah. Um, every song off of that album is very bad.
2: Yeah,
0: I
1: don't recommend it. Oh, no, I do recommend it. You should check it out uh, if you haven't listened to it. because It's, <laughs> it's, it's interesting. Just, it's, it's interesting, but, you know, yeah. not uh, good. <laughs> not a single good song to be found on it. Weird. Um, and the only reason that this list isn't just uh, you know ten songs from that album is because well, I mean I guess I guess he <laughs> he made bad music in various eras. Yeah,
0: and you want to you want to give the whole dizzying spectrum of badness to our our honest and loyal
1: staffies. Yeah. We don't so, hold back. So I guess for the uh, speaking of which, for the next song, we'll jump ahead to nineteen ninety nine. Ninety nine.
0: This was weird. I looked into the backstory about this album. Do yeah. You, do you know about the backstory of this album?
1: Um, not too much, no. I know it's my least favorite nineties Bowie album. The album is ours, the song is the dreamers. We'll play the song, we'll get into it. Okay. <laughs>
0: Find your note, David. Yeah. <laughs> F- find a note. You know, I any like... note.
1: I like sometimes when he gets, like, uh, a- obscure and occult and, like, experimental, but... No. Uh, you know, cause, This
0: I- isn't any of those things. This is... Like, weird adult contemporary. Yes,
1: very adult contemporary. This whole album is, like, new age adult contemporary. The most milquetoast production. Overlong, overindulgent, amelodic songs with no hooks. Uh, Like, uh, just airy synths and fretless bass and, like, bad drum that. machines.
0: Mm, yeah, it sounds... This is one of those songs that you can tell, like, nobody was in the room together. Like, everyone was yes. kind of like, oh, patch it in, patch it in, okay. Exactly. Um. Yeah, so I couldn't understand a single thing he's saying. He's so, like, it, he's just, like, moaning and can't enunciate anything. Like, the, the there's definitely a big theme running through a lot of these terrible Bowie songs is that, like, he's just mush-mouthed or, like, putting on a fake patois or some sort of weird effect in accent. Um, and he really goes, oh, 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 yeah. like, where are you going? No, you don't yeah. know where you're going.
1: And, I mean, look, he's never had necessarily the strongest vocal melodies. He's always been more of a uh you know using his voice sort of as a, a textural component yes. or whatever then actually crafting like earworm melodies but this is just like
0: well, at least... And he a, could be
1: doing this over any song.
0: Yeah, and at least, yeah, the texture's not, like, cheap-ass fucking, like, burlap, like, from that sad RuPaul's design challenge that we the other day. <laughs> Damn, girl. Uh, How know, was Vanjie not on the bottom? But anyway. Yeah. And
1: it, the, she was I wearing a I actually a was rope. kind of impressed with the burlap trousers. I mean, that's hard to pull off. <laughs> they were off.
0: falling apart, but just like this song. But, but <laughs> I'm glad they
1: finally got rid of Raja O'Hara. And it was time
0: to go. She's, Sorry, uh, a salty
1: bitch.
0: Sure is. Anywho, uh, yeah, the... Fact Fabric on this one, not great. Uh, not a texture that I want uh, near my face or near my heart. Um, yeah,
1: see, I don't get burlap from this. I get like,
0: like you a, know those cheap like sateen? frosted,
1: those like the glass like ice cube windows they had in doctors' <laughs> offices in the eighties. Like, <laughs>
0: yeah, what?
1: That's. What I feel like this that's song the is like filtered that. through one of those.
0: Yes. Okay. Okay. I'm feeling like this. This you know is wearing like cheap limited to like fake silk pajamas sure, the song yeah, yeah. is definitely wearing those
1: I think he's wearing that on the cover of the album
0: oh yeah maybe that's <laughs> maybe that's why uh, yeah he looks like a dental assistant
1: on the cover of the
0: album he's like holding himself but I don't know yeah, it's um, a
1: very strange album it is very first strange. of all the, it's, it's the the font choice is interesting it's like an old English tattoo yeah. uh, you know like motorcycle tattoo for David and then Bowie is like a sans serif but with a gigantic stretched oh. out o and what is going on and you've got bowie with long hair in like a backstreet boys white jacket
0: yes this hold, is giving me a lot of backstreet boys here. um
1: holding short-haired bowie in the dead <laughs> short-haired bowie corpse in his lap under they're both like, dressed like backstreet <laughs> boys
0: under like harsh fluorescent lighting and, yeah. and like <laughs> What is happening? And
1: then there's a barcode on there for some reason. For some
0: reason, because he's just a product and he's just pumping it out.
1: So you said you had some insight on the recording of album I, I guess
0: something? I don't have a ton of insight, but what I found out that was interesting was that it was, uh, all the songs for this album were written as a soundtrack for a video game called uh, Omicron. Really? So that's a, a thing. Like a
1: PC game? Like the Alex that your husband uh, would play?
0: Yeah, like the Alex, <laughs> my husband, yes. Uh, let me, uh, let me go to the Dunn Research Contingency. Give me one second. Mm-hmm. Uh, Paul Dunn? Hold on. Uh-huh.
1: <laughs> Yeah, so I don't know too much about this album. I just know, like, this is the hardest one from the 90s for me to get through. This is the most adult contemporary, like, which I think is sort of what he was tending towards in general, sort of from, I'd say, 90, 1990 up to 2002. Yeah. Um, But there were some cool, like, there's, there's some cool albums during that period. Like, Outside is a really cool album. It's a very, like, Baroque pop, like, weird album. And, you know, I think Heathen and uh, Reality from the early 2000s were pretty good, even though they had a lot of the same sounds. Like, the mm-hmm. songs came together better. This one, this album is just very... It's, it's very... It's a slog. It is a pristine, crystalline P- slog.
0: Yes, that is correct. That is such an apt description. Um, yes, this was a... It was literally written as a soundtrack for a video game called Omicron, the Nomad's Soul. That was a uh, Microsoft Windows and Dreamcast game.
1: So if you play that game, these songs are on it? Yes. Oh. Yep. The game must fucking suck.
0: Apparently it was well-reviewed, <laughs> but, you know, I'm going to ask uh, my... my Alex.
1: Yeah, ask the your Alex. Alex if he knows it. <laughs> the what, what's the genre of the game?
0: Um, probably up his alley. It's a... Uh, oh, it's an adventure game.
1: Oh, cool. Is it the type of shit where you have to, like, interact with the world and type in what you're going to do? So I could yeah, just... Yeah, I, I actually... just go up to uh, a character and be like, you hear this song? This shit sucks. <laughs> yes, Are you
0: <laughs> hearing this? Exactly.
1: And she will be like, I don't quite understand.
0: <laughs> could you say that again? <laughs> <laughs> in fact, I will on my podcast.
1: <laughs>
0: and... Many years. <laughs> I've been waiting this whole time. Um, anyway, it's weird, um, but I guess we can move on. <laughs>
1: yeah, I guess. I mean, yeah, that's the only song from Hours we put on there. The the first two like um, songs are from probably my two two of my you know bottom five Bowie albums, but. The '80s stuff was just too rich for me to not include a ton of, so we'll we'll keep yeah. going here. Here's another one, though, not from the '80s. Still jumping around the timeline. This is from Bowie's uh, first cover album, mm, first and only cover yeah. album, I believe. Uh, uh, the dashed off <laughs> 1973 album, Pin Ups. This is a cover of a Yardbird song called "Shapes of Things." Oh, yeah. So this is the only entry on the list from, you know, his classic glam rock period from the Ziggy Stardust era. Um, It's hard to find bad songs from that era of Bowie. You know, he really was killing it, but I don't know. This is an odd duck.
0: Yeah. So it's a Yardbird song originally.
1: Originally, yeah. And I feel like in trying to put his own spin on it, it's just... Annoying.
0: Yeah. It's got
1: these dissonant strings, dissonant horns, and like cheesy vocal effects.
0: Yeah, the vocal effects really the the like the little drummer boy perumpa pum with the exaggerated like banshee cavern moan vocals like yeah. whoa you know like he sounds like an old man falling down the stairs perpetually like I don't know what's going on. It's uh it's a shame.
1: Yeah, it's very it staggers a lot with the drum beat and it really dun, never dun, gets. Dun, going uh, yeah it keeps, there's, right it sounds like it's leading to something and then it it, it just starts again back at the yeah
2: <oppon chia>
0: with like
1: <laughs> in the background
0: <sighs> yeah this song is like 90 percent breakdowns uh like it builds to nowhere yeah. There's a lot of these. The, the, the it's worst... that bridge
1: to nowhere out there in Alaska. Yep. Remember that? Remember when that was all we had to worry about was Sarah Palin? <laughs> the possibility that uh... she might be vice president who does nothing anyway?
0: Get ready for Trump twenty twenty, folks. Yeah. Oh, we're yeah. all gonna die. Anyway, um, yeah, uh, the, this one I wrote down like some of his just pronunciations where he says maybe a soldier.
2: <laughs> you know, <it's> just, what? <laughs>
0: what? <laughs> uh, like he's uh, lots of jaw flexing on this on this one. I don't know. It was weird, but it was you know. It was just a cover. Yes. Why did he make this album? Like, this doesn't even make sense. Why did he in 1973? Like, you know,
1: like early, right. between, early
0: creative, like between you know,
1: Aladdin Sane and Diamond Dogs, which are both like classics.
0: Exactly. Put out this fucking just like you said, tossed off like fucking wank fest of a of a cover album for some reason. Why would you do that? What are you What are you thinking? Um, Who's, who was thinking this? Like, all
1: right. So here's what Wikipedia says. Okay. According to co-producer Ken Scott, the LP was originally conceived as a complete opposite of Bowie's other albums, consisting of all cover songs- Let's, except let's
0: take the formula that is very successful and everybody loves, <laughs> and turn it upside down. Says <laughs> yeah. nobody. like
1: uh, Consisting of one of all cover songs except one original composition, and mainly turned towards the U.S. market, since, quote, he wanted to do songs that weren't known as well in the States as they were in England-
2: why?
0: Yeah, eventually
1: the plan was dropped.
0: So, so it's like a charity album for your for your British bands that we don't care about. Like I
1: don't. Um, sorry, I'm
0: sure the the Yardbirds are fine.
1: Pinups was the first of two 1960s nostalgia albums that Bowie had planned to release. The second, which was planned to be called Bowieing Out,
0: oh my god, would have
1: contained Bowie covering his favorite American artist, but was never recorded um
0: that was for the best <laughs> bowing out
1: yeah, yeah like
0: i'm bowing out of this uh fucking
1: so i don't know i guess he just wanted obligation. to bring he just wanted to bring back the 60s and you know take a break from yeah writing good music and he, he
0: wanted to retire at like 25 or something <laughs> Like <laughs> put my feet up yeah yeah that's no I'm I'm over it. <laughs> Next,
1: yeah. sure, yeah, yeah. Now we can get into the real juicy stuff.
0: Ooh, um, oh God, Dan- Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: We're getting
1: into eighties <laughs> Bowie. This is. Oh yeah. We're entering the absolute nadir of this man's career, and what better way to start things off with eighties Bowie than dancing with the big boys? <laughs> All right, man. All right. We're here. We're dancing
0: with the big boys.
3: Big boys.
1: (laughs) Yeah, shout out to the Ferris Bueller De Bapa voice that makes an appearance. Wow. Man. This is almost
0: worse than Bruno.
1: (laughs) Oh, man. This makes Bruno sound like Joy Division. (laughs) This is worse <laughs> than Bruno for sure, I think.
0: It sounds like an 8 commercial for like a new fast casual restaurant chain. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Like every, it sounds like I feel like to, <laughs> chicken tonight,
1: like chicken tonight.
0: Everyone come to Kenny Rogers Roasters. <laughs> We're dancing <laughs> with the big boys. Like just a defunct restaurant chain in the Midwest. Just like,
1: oh, <laughs> what is this about?
0: <laughs> I don't know. Who dude. are the big boys? <laughs> it's supposed to I read some ridiculous like interpretations of this or just, you know, so it, again, cocaine is a hell of a drug and, oh, yeah. and and he had no fucking clue what he was on about. But he and made they would some of his him, best music
1: while in cocaine psychosis. Uh, I don't know. This is... It's, you can't blame this all on cocaine. This is also... Just someone who was a genius in the seventies, having no idea how to what adapt to, to the market of the eighties music scene. Yeah, so we got to like make it corporate
0: that... arena rock with like Bruno Saxes and lyrics like "Your family is a football team." <laughs>
1: you know, th- th- those are so the, the lyrics. Fuck. Here's some lyrics: it's, Death, death to the trees. They weren't bad. They weren't brave. Nothing is embarrassing. Dancing with the big boys. It should be embarrassing. I... Iggy
0: Pop was involved in this one, right? This one, this one had Iggy Pop. For this uh, entire album, Iggy Pop was was uh, involved to um, an extent. Yeah, oh,
1: by the way, this is from Tonight, 1984. I did not know that. I didn't know Iggy Pop was involved.
0: Yeah, he was co-writing some of these songs.
1: Well, that's a shame because I feel like he made good music in the '80s. You know, I, I feel like he adapted to the '80s better than Bowie generally. So that's surprising. I'm surprised that oh, Biggie Pop let this happen.
0: So according to this blog, um, Bowie later said it was a chance to burn through a stockpile of discarded lyrics, which sounds absolutely correct when okay. you have stuff like death to the trees. Your
1: family's a football team. <laughs> and yeah.
0: your family's a football team.
1: My guess is that he's talking about alienation in the modern technologically advanced world. But like, it why was are... A
0: pa- <laughs> It says here that the theme was supposed to be like a little a little guy overwhelmed by society.
1: Okay, yeah, so that was close.
0: I guess.
1: Um. Well, I'm feeling what is very happening? overwhelmed. <laughs> I right. don't want to dance with the big boys. It does not seem like a good time. That's not my scene. That's not my the club that I want to go to.
0: It's like um yeah, it's like uh, Doug, uh, the Beats. Like think big, think <laughs> think big, and they're yeah. just like outdoing each other with like gianter suits. I well, feel that, like that was like D- David Bowie and and Iggy Pop were just kind of like, all right, let's go, let's go at each other, and let's fucking pump each other up and try to outdo each other or something. I don't know.
1: Yeah, but they did that to great success in the past with Iggy Pop's "The Idiot," which was you know co-written right. by both of them, and that's one of the greatest albums of all time. Uh, And that only came out, like, I guess seven years before this. Seven years is a long time of, uh, you know, if, if you're just doing cocaine every day. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, but this this blog explains that this dot marks your location, that that lyric was Bowie's line, referencing a time when he was stuck indefinitely in a New York City hotel and was staring at the fire escape map. First of all, how do you get stuck in a hotel? <laughs> do you get locked in like we did in Big in Japan? <laughs> or like, what's going on? Cocaine, Cocaine.
1: psychosis.
0: <laughs> so <laughs>
1: If he leaves, the is... government will get him.
0: <laughs> so I guess that's a metaphor for this, like, whatever this album was, was just staring, being Trapped in a hotel and staring at a map, desperately trying to figure out your way out.
1: Yeah, sure. Uh, That's you know that is uh, that makes it slightly more interesting to know that at least he was in pain when he wrote this. (laughs) Um, You know when he was uh, experiencing discomfort as I am.
0: Yes, it is uncomfortable and very very corporate, very emotionless. uh...
1: So far from everything he did that made him great. You know, like even like two year a year before this. Maybe it was two years. No, it was three years. Well, however long, it was still the 80s. He did Let's Dance. And, like, that album, that's a corporate fucking album where he's, like, adapting to 80s trends. But somehow, like, there are songs there that have, you know, maintained relevancy to today. You know, there are classics on that album. Fucking uh, Let's Dance, Modern Love. Uh, the the other one I can't. <laughs> the other one that was the the God damn it. Anyway, he was making good music like not long before this. I don't know what happened exactly in the mid '80s. Maybe he stopped doing cocaine. Maybe that was the problem.
0: <sighs> something something was off. The the, 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 the cocaine
1: titration. levels were out yeah. of sync. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I don't think anybody stopped doing cocaine in the eighties. <laughs> <Let's laughs> just that's true. Go ahead and say that. Um, <laughs> Dancing with the Big Boy—it's just so comical. It's so cheesy. It's so it dumb. Is.
1: That's the one word to describe uh, pretty much every song from here on out—is cheesy.
0: Yeah, cheesy it is. As fuck,
1: depressingly cheesy from like like a, a great man,
0: just like an Alfredo pasta at a fast casual restaurant chain in the Midwest. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Like a pizza at McDonald's, <laughs> so to speak. <laughs> Shout out to that podcast. Go check that out. Talking about falling into holes of of art and, and whatever. I don't know what that is, but it's a hilarious podcast. Just asking the simple question, whatever happened to pizza at McDonald's. So. Yeah,
1: for 111 episodes. 111
0: episodes. I'm on episode 24. <laughs> <laughs> it's getting fucking real weird.
1: Shout out um, to a real one.
0: Yes. All right, shall we move on?
1: Yeah, we'll jump back into the 90s again now. This is 1997's Earthling. The song is called Law. Earthling's on fire. The wallet drops.
2: The money flies since the midnight sun. With the sound, with the sound, with the sound, off the ground. With the sound, with the sound, with the sound, of the ground. With the sound, with the sound, of the sound.
0: No, 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 no,
1: no. That's not how you do that. Uh,
0: what? Do what? Do what? You know what's crazy? Hurt me. There's some... he's very effective at it.
1: <laughs> There's some Bowie fans who consider Earthling to be like a classic. They think it's one of the no. best, like later period Bowie albums, and. I just have never understood that at all. I mean, it's like, it's as if someone gave him a floppy disk with, <laughs> uh, like, some breakbeats and, like, synth pads and uh, orchestra yep. hits. And he just, like, put it into a sequencer randomly a, without no, listening to it. No, he had a cat
0: fall asleep on it. Yeah. <laughs> just whenever it came out was the song.
1: Like, I honestly wonder if he was like, let's see if I can make a song on my computer without listening to it. Let's just see what happens if I just place these samples. Uh, this song is so fucking bad. It's a, Actually, it's not even a song. Like, at no point in the track's five minutes does it actually become a song. It's a blech. boingy sound collage. Yeah, blech, 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 blech.
0: spacey alien bass, like futuristic fart noises.
1: Oh, yeah, and the chuggy industrial guitars are in there, too. <laughs> I just said, making little appearances.
0: <laughs> I said, this song sounds like it was performed inside of a washing machine. <laughs> A, <laughs>
1: inside a washing machine, buy a washing, washing machine. machine. <laughs> it's just someone just put um, ambient mic into a laundromat <laughs> and
0: then <laughs> <and laughs> <played a> BC <laughs>
1: Rich through a like fucking ten watt <laughs> amp in the back room
0: <laughs> for art, I guess. Yeah, I, it's really fucking bad.
1: I don't know how you can listen to this and not cringe, like Bowie. Toppies who like Earthling, like hit me up and just explain yourself. What's going on? Like I know that maybe the Trent Reznor remix of "I'm Afraid of Americans" that's great, was pretty good. I
0: love that song. Yeah,
1: but uh, have you heard the original? No. No, it sucks. This fucking album is trash. I'm saying it.
0: Okay. Yeah. I mean, I'm definitely agreeing. If this is this is the only experience I've had with this album, and it's it's, a, it's a weird shockingly album, man. bad.
1: It's a lot of drum and bass and industrial guitars and like. Bowie experimenting with, like, uh, you know, electronica in ways that just do not come together ever.
0: Yeah, they're describing this, like, one of the, like, genres I saw describing this was, like, drum and bass. I'm like, this is not fucking drum and bass. Like, this is...
1: There's other songs in the album that have, there like, straight-up drum but and bass But also, beats. who wants
0: David Bowie to do fucking drum and bass? I don't know. Like, nobody nobody wants this. Nobody wants this.
1: Not good. No. Uh, next? Yeah, yeah. We're uh, we're going to keep it a tight 60 today, aren't we? I'm well,
0: we'll find out. We'll
1: find out. You That's always, what we always think.
0: We always think
2: that.
1: All, um, right. all right. So we are doing the last song from the 90s. Everything else from here on out is in the 80s. But this is from 1993. Black Tie, White Noise. Uh don't let me down and down like my love
2: for you, <laughs> you No know, place to hide <laughs> no way to fall <laughs> Nowhere to lie, no world so I'm sick and tired of telling you Don't let me down and <laughs> down and down
0: Don't let me down. Okay. Down, down.
1: <laughs> what? So fake Patois aside, like, what kind of half-ass Shaka Khan fuckery is this? <laughs> like, this is not your lane, Bowie. Whoa. Don't do gentle 90s R&B ballads with no. a fake Patois.
0: No. So,
1: no. This is an
0: audio laxative. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm just like melting from the inside not not in a good way it's bad it's a bit wildly boring and then this yeah the the really for the forced baritone like <laughs> you know like it, yeah hmm. i think like the second verse he kind of gets it together with the vocals but it's it's like you don't this is not how you start off it's and then like you have the warbling trumpet crescendo yeah
1: yeah yeah Oh, uh, it's we, you know you're in trouble when the Trumpet solo is the best part of like a non jazz song. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not a good trumpet soul either. I mean, it's just it's just a breath of fresh air to hear uh, organic instruments.
0: Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, like, when in doubt, just throw a bunch of horns on it, I guess. Like, you shouldn't need to do that if you're David Bowie. It's,
2: it's not good.
0: I mean, it's
1: just weird that, like, in 93, when you had grunge and, uh, you know, the burgeoning techno scene. Hip-hop. Hip-hop was at its peak uh and and just all these exciting sounds like yeah. Bowie comes out with just like the fucking softest bullshit you've ever heard
0: right yeah and uh this was the one where he played insisted on playing saxophone like throughout the album really? he's so the even one though he doesn't even though he doesn't really know how to play saxophone so he's just kind of going for it There is
1: some weird sax on this album I will say this as far as 90s Bowie goes there's a couple songs I like on this album He does a pretty good Morrissey cover on this album Oh okay Um I think he does it better than Morrissey
0: Yeah fuck Morrissey
1: But it d- is a d- weird album, man.
0: It turns out this was the one that was on the poorly received interactive CD-ROM game. Really? That's even worse. 93, yeah. Yeah. Well, no, like this—the '93 album was the one that had yeah, that black ROM. tie, white noise. Yeah, I don't, I don't know.
1: Oh yeah, this is oh the CD-ROM you're talking about, not the not the adventure game soundtrack.
0: Yes, right. Yeah,
1: actually, I heard that this one had a CD-ROM. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, yeah, did, Earthling might have too. I don't know. It,
0: it was a it was an era of <laughs> enhanced CD-ROMs.
1: <laughs> this is uh, the same year that he married Iman, so maybe he was just too that's busy right. Fucking,
0: okay, yes. Know. So that is the that's the kind of. Bad Backstory was that this was a song that Iman had listened to at one point and liked. And a bunch of the songs on this album were basically songs he wrote for their wedding. Yeah. So that's why they're fucking boring. And (laughs) like, (laughs) you know, Iman's in love with him. So like, she's not going to give him shit for it. And if she's like, yeah, you want to play this like, you know, random song that I listened to when I was a kid? Great. Okay.
1: You know what's sad is that this album was, like, considered his, like, comeback album.
0: Yeah, I saw that.
1: I mean, that's just how bad his 80s output was, you know?
0: Which we're just about to get into, aren't we? Shall we move on over to uh, the next one?
1: I do want to read this quote from um, (coughs) the album's producer, Mm -hmm. uh, um, Niall Rogers, uh, regarding Bowie's saxophone playing on the album. Quote, I think David would be the first to admit that he's not a saxophonist in the traditional sense. (laughs) I mean, you wouldn't call him up to do gigs. He uses his playing as an artistic tool. He's a painter. He hears an idea and he goes with it. But he absolutely knows where he's going because he damn well plays the same thing over and over again until (laughs) I say, well, I guess he hears that. It's what you might call accidentally deliberate.
0: (laughs) Accidentally deliberate. <laughs> yeah, man. That's on point. Shall we?
1: Yeah, let's jump back let's into the jump 80s. It in. We're going to we're going to ride this thing out to the wheels fall off.
0: Oh man. Uh
1: through oh, the man. through the 1980s portion of this man's career. <sighs> uh, we're going to go to 1987's New York's in Love off of Never Let Me Down.
0: Oh man. <laughs> I got, <laughs>
1: yeah, 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 I yeah,
0: got yeah. things to say about it, but let's... Oh man. Let's
2: go. not to get my tire.
0: You cannot tell me that this is not a Huey Lewis and the News song.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know what I like about the song is that nothing. <laughs> New York is a character in this song, Do you just get like it? in Sex and the City. <laughs> and I think that Bowie is such a goddamn Carrie. <laughs> Uh, I I wish I wrote more for that joke. But I just came up with it, uh, so I can't tell you characteristics they share.
2: But I can tell you
1: the New York baby. She's got big green eyes. Yep. She's got big brown hair. Blonde
0: hair. Come on now.
1: Blonde hair, and she's Come on. Uh, New York's
0: obviously white, right? She's
1: on fire.
0: Apparently, <laughs> she's on fire, and she's in love I with herself.
1: Don't fucking know, man. I don't.
0: And try our new fries and shake combo for three ninety nine. <laughs> big old. Bucket of shrimp. Yeah, It is just <laughs> red very lobster. Jingly, huh? Yeah.
1: It's very like. Yeah.
0: It's it. you cannot tell me. It's it's David Bowie. Like, it has nothing of anything that you want from him.
1: Yeah. For my money, uh um, from anyone. For my money, new uh Never Let Me Down is by far the worst David Bowie album. Uh I think we could and probably will eventually do an entire episode on it. Um interestingly, this album was uh was remade uh posthumously after after bowie died
0: yeah why uh
1: someone had said that he always wanted to remake this album and like well make he it did good.
0: apparently right after it came out and it was like critically panned he tried to be like he was like so sure of these songs that like people just didn't get them and then he was like gotta re-release some of them on the next album that came out after this one
1: yeah
0: uh and, and whoever, whoever the producer was was like eh. I don't think that's a good idea. (laughs) We're not going to do that.
1: (laughs) Well, the also thing is, I don't think
0: he needed to have New York's in love, you know, (laughs) his duet with the California raisins, like fucking, (laughs) (laughs) I don't know.
1: I just, I get the sense that he, uh, like just from the things I've read about is that he actually, I think he was proud of this album until the reviews came in. That's what the musicians who've worked on it with him have talked about is that he was like, gung-ho about these songs and then this album was like really really critically panned even though it actually is one of his best-selling albums ever which is crazy um and once the reviews came in he like he disowned he it and wrote it off yeah he was
0: sad He's... and he should be yeah rest in peace david bowie
1: this is also when this came out he did the uh glass spider tour
0: oh yes his
1: most like ostentatious tour he ever did it had like pyrotechnics and like you know, he, like, like wire work and all this crazy, like a giant, a giant mechanical spider that was on stage with him and shit and it was just, and this is when he had platinum blonde, a platinum blonde mullet
0: oh like, yeah it was,
1: just, it was just there were a lot of bad decisions over the top all at once.
0: ambitiously terrible decisions but like audacious like I said like that just I can get away with anything and he did say that that tour was still one of the funnest tours he ever did yeah <laughs> um, I'm sure it was people actually and again it wasn't it wasn't um, you know it was critically still uh, panned but um, the fans loved it and they went to the shows it was a sold out tour so um,
1: do you want to listen to it's just like
0: Justin Timberlake with fucking goddamn Man of the Woods playing in arenas for some reason.
1: <laughs> Do you want to listen to the, uh, the remade version of this song?
0: Uh, sure. Because
1: I will say I think, you know, I mean, it's better than the original.
0: Well, that's not hard. I mean, it still climaxes with goo 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 goo, goo, goo <laughs> So you know, yeah, but I think they made it better. But
1: uh, I think it's interesting listening to the, the remake version of this My album, son, sorry.
2: sorry, with his Good big green, green eyes, eyes. <laughs> goo 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 goo. Um. <laughs> uh.
1: <laughs> um, but no, I think it's interesting to listen to the remade version of the album, because I think, you know, I mean, it's not like he lost his ability to write songs, it just got filtered through so much cheesy 80s yeah. bullshit that it was just, it, it's a, it was impossible it was going to come out the other end of this process, like... Being anything other than a fucking uh, diet Pepsi commercial.
0: Yes, out the other end as I feel <laughs> very apt yeah. to turn the phrase. The songs
1: on "Never Let Me Down" are very digested, yeah. shall we say?
0: <laughs> yeah, they ate a lot of uh, what were those fucking a
1: lot of potato.
0: Chi- <laughs> well, yeah, that too. But the the potato chips from the '90s that had like that like chemical uh, in them. Olean, Olean, yeah, Olean. Yeah. Those yeah, Olean yeah. chips. For- they just ate
1: a whole bag of Olean. (laughs) Just
0: pooping (laughs) grease.
1: Yeah, just pooping mucus.
0: Oh, God, Christ.
1: (laughs) That's what this sounds like. I'm sorry. It's apt. That's what the rest of the show is.
0: Oh, man. It's
1: just some mucus shit.
0: All right. Well, with with that, <laughs> we uh, can move on
1: to the next one, the next round.
0: <laughs> Oof! All right, we're getting down to it.
1: Yeah, yeah, we're at what number three now.
0: Yeah, this is this is number three. We
1: got only three left. Uh, yep. This is a the second cover on the list. Uh, this is from tonight, 1984, which uh, you had previously heard uh, "Dancing with the Big Boys" from. This is a cover <laughs> of "God Only Knows" by the Beach Boys. Huh. I guess.
2: He sounds like a fucking
0: toothless, like... God only knows. Disney side character. What I'd be
2: (laughs) without you.
0: (laughs) Yeah. It's more forced baritone. This, like, schlocky, mindless, going nowhere drivel.
1: I want to say... That I think the original Beach Boys song "God Only Knows" "God Only Knows" "God Only, News, <laughs> god Only Knows" is one of the most beautiful songs ever written, bar none. Like you know, really, I I I love. It. You've never listened to "God Only Knows"? Oh my god! I don't think so. you gotta listen to all Maybe of Pet Sounds. Right. It's uh it's an experience. Uh, and just so it makes it extra disappointing to hear this. I don't understand what the fuck he is going for here. I don't get it. I don't get why he's saying the words when he says them and for how long. It's like
0: if Leonard Nimoy was singing this song. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Shout out to Leonard Nimoy, Boston (laughs) legends.
2: Yes. Uh,
1: So what this reminded me of was, um, so Toucher and Rich are these uh, DJs who do like sports talk, their show is whatever. But they used to just be regular ass like rock DJs. They would just do a segment about BCN the Red Sox,
0: or something, or yeah. Just...
1: They were on BCN, and they used to do a segment called the Drunken Red Sox Recap, <laughs> where they would send their intern out to uh, interview yes. the drunkest looking people he could find after the game to get their takes on stuff. <laughs> and there would always be these times where they would get a guy who, like at first, like it doesn't sound like he sounds like normal, yeah. And then he keeps talking, and it, like they'll be like, he'll be like Ortiz when he hit that line drive, things sort of changed. <laughs> What Things, are, uh, where are you going? You know, we, we did a lot of, the defense was good. Uh, we made some good, uh, and you know, it's like, they're like talking, they don't have like that drunk slur voice, but they're, but they're pausing weirdly between every word and you start to realize that they are blacked out and, and don't trying know not what to they're puke. saying. <laughs> yeah, they're trying not to They're puke. trying to
0: like choke it down their esophagus. Yeah. Well, and, and then, uh, uh. Then David Big Poppy,
1: (laughs) Yeah, and that's what Bowie sounds like he's doing on this. It sounds like he is blackout and trying not to puke.
0: (laughs) um, This was a direct quote from, again, the blog. Check it out, bowiesongs.wordpress.com. Chris O'Leary wrote this about the song, and I think this is so true. That it, quote, sounds like a man lost in a cathedral defacing the walls in a panic. Cause you, you can just picture this, too, because it also has that, like, cavernous, echoey sound to it that it just like, ah, uh, what is, what, it's not.
1: It's really, it's an affront to the fucking Beach Boys and Brian Wilson, and Bowie should be ashamed of this, honestly.
0: And an affront to David Bowie. Yeah. What are you doing? He
1: let me down and down and down uh, with this one.
0: God only knows why you did this.
1: Yeah. This is Major Trash.
0: (sighs) Ground control to Major Trash. (laughs) (laughs)
1: This album really sucks. And I'm kissing my son on his pretty lips. (laughs)
0: wow oh wow all right shall we yeah yeah,
1: yeah. we shall um we only got two left
0: oh man on the list this has been fun
1: uh yeah it's been something
0: all all good things must come to a bad things
1: must before we get to the last couple how do you feel like this you know the worst of bowie compares to the worst of prince like what is
0: i mean we had chlorine bacon skin (laughs) when we talked about prince there was some really bad prince I think the worst of Bowie is schlocky, maudlin garbage, um, and, like, cheesy, super cheesy emptiness. And the worst of Prince is, like, ooh, like, so ambitiously terrible, where this is, like, lazily terrible. You know what I mean?
1: I gotta say there is one song on the Prince list that I've changed my mind on and that I actually like now. Which one? Poom (laughs) Poom. I think Poom Poom's actually pretty good.
0: Let's issue a retraction poom, 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 of our. Pre- poom, 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 poom. <laughs> uh, listen, I didn't have enough feelings about Poom, poom to be able to, like, <laughs> you know, have a conversation about it.
1: Um, I think Poom, poom's definitely better than all the songs on, on this list. But yeah, there yeah. was the, the Prince List, it, it was two different flavors of band, right, for
0: sure. Right. I felt like the Prince List was maybe more fun. Yeah, um, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? He was mean? having more fun.
0: He was – Yeah, so I. I uh, I don't know. Yeah,
1: I don't think Bowie was having a good time doing yeah. any of these songs.
0: You can tell and he yeah. wasn't. I mean, emotionally he was in a really shitty place, especially for these songs the late, you know, the mid to late 80s. Yeah. It, he was really in a bad place cuz he was just like desperately trying to follow up to his, you know, breakthroughs, l- you know, mu- musical and cultural breakthroughs that were legendary and visionary and changed uh, you know, music and uh Culture as a whole, as we know it, yeah. um, it's hard to follow up with that, you know? You have a
1: lot to live up to. And, I, but, you know, the thing is, I think that Prince was in a similar sort of situation. But Prince is just... He's, he's so weird.
0: Yeah. They're both very
1: weird. I think Prince just... I think Prince never gave a fuck what any critic ever had to say. Yeah. And I think Bowie... He cared a lot. I think he cared a lot. I yeah. think
0: you're absolutely right.
1: And I think that he felt a lot of pressure to conform to... Um, the changing musical landscape. Yeah. Uh, and with just dramatically off horrific brand, results.
0: off t- just like a rancid ranch dressing. Like, don't you don't want to eat that. <laughs> yeah.
1: I don't think Prince ever tried to <laughs> From adapt. From a fast,
0: casual Midwest <laughs> chain restaurant.
1: I don't think Prince ever tried to adapt to shit. I think, no. I think Prince was always Prince. I think his sound was right. pretty consistent throughout his career.
0: Well, I don't know why consistent.
1: No, but I mean, it, it always... I don't think that he... Like oh, actually, I think that's his maybe approach
0: a was consistent in the fact that he was like, "Fuck it," you know. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this. But
1: he also had that Minneapolis sound, like he had yes. like a backbone, yes. of what a Prince song You're should right. sound like. That he yeah. kind of stayed true to throughout his career. Whereas Bowie was always like a chameleon, kind of yeah. always kind of trying to change, do a new thing
0: which can you imagine i mean I, I, that's incredibly difficult like yeah. you know i i can i truly can't imagine you know b- the amount of pressure you would be under and 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 really the amount of of success that he had despite being and 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 uh, because of his ability to transform all the time um but yeah these ones the worst of the worst of Bowie are the ones where he completely loses himself in the yes. transformation
1: exactly loses himself in the moment you hold it. You better never let it go.
0: You only get one shot to fuck your son. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Do not miss your chance to, to blow, blow your it. son.
2: <laughs> <I can't>.
1: <laughs> <laughs> all right. We're so uh, this is the second worst David Bowie song of all time. Oh, my God. This one is called Shining Star, Making My Love. From Never Let Me Down, 1987, this one. You should cue up the relevant part.
0: (laughs) Oh, my God. Uh, Where is it? It's like
1: the third verse. All right.
0: We'll find it. I'll play it for as long as I have to. All right. Here we go.
2: shaking the nail and drops he should the find Hitler touchdown Ooh. no dear, I <laughs> was coming this page Poor <laughs> little bodies all covered in scabs through it all the way another life in the grave life in the grave life is like a broom oh god <laughs>
0: Act. That was the Mi- actor Mickey Rourke.
1: That was Mickey Rourke doing a Colin response spoken word rap, rap with David Bowie. Yep. About poor little boys all covered in scabs or
0: something. <laughs> and Hitler foot Hitler, Hitler football. I think you said Hit- Hitler touchdown.
1: Hitler cash down, I think you said. Uh-huh. These all uh-huh. these uh-huh. lyrics. I think the song I don't know if the song is about uh, maybe about heroin or something. Uh, uh, uh I've got windows I've seen much vice I've touched down with vermin, cowardice, lice, and the whole time there's this uh, th- th- p- 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 synthetic clapping incessantly throughout the entire song uh, 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 just drills into your brain
0: it's so tinny and aggressively cheesy and it's like the vocal style is like a creepy uncle grabbing you too closely at christmas it's like just and it's like then it turns into this like treacly corporate pop rap anthem about chernobyl or something i don't i think it's about Heroin addicts? No, the so okay. This is uh, this is from the research, but we tried to explain the song's disjunction by saying it represented quote how people are trying to get together in the face of so many disasters and catastrophes socially around them, never knowing if they're going to survive it themselves. The one thing they have got to cling on to is each other.
1: I didn't get that at all from what? these lyrics. From what? What?
0: From vermin, cowardice, lice, sin, fine, Hitler, cash down? What? What? <laughs> what is going on?
1: I don't know, ma'am.
0: I don't... I can't even. Like, I, I really have... I, there's no... There's nowhere to ga- get your footing here. It's, it's just completely, you know... It's-, it's like a 20-foot wave that just fucking pulls you under. And your face is full of sand... And you're, like, coughing for air.
1: I just can't even, like, the way this album is put together, like, how many instruments are there on this song? It's so overpacked with content that it's just, like, cacophony.
0: Right, meaningless cacophony. Meaningless cacophony. No, yeah, nothing to tie it together.
1: Full of sound and fury, signifying nothing. (laughs) Boom. To quote uh, Wayne Gretzky. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. To quote... uh, (laughs) I I I don't I I I I I don't I don't I don't know I do, I don't know I don't know. Um, Bowie was so like. Uh like, disheartened by the reviews this album got that he, like, stopped working on the music he was working on and just joined this other band called Tin Machine.
0: (laughs) Yeah, you know that things are bad. bad. You know things are bad when you're David Bowie and you're like, I think I'll just join an anonymous band for a little while.
1: He still played sax in Tin Machine. Why? I don't know. I don't know what was going on with it. He was definitely in the... He was having a midlife crisis from, like, 84 to... 92 I think like I don't know until he married Iman I think that straightened him out he he thought that uh, like we didn't put any tin machine on the list cuz it's just too mediocre uh it's not quite as bad as these songs but like Christ almighty uh it was a bad time for Bowie
0: It's a bad time for me I'm having a mid-afternoon crisis fucking listening to this shit I mean it's it's so it's so um it's got a, so many personality disorders. Like, it just can't pick what it wants to be. And it's it does all of it so poorly.
1: Uh, a Wikipedia page for this album it says, In 1990, during interviews for his Sound and Vision tour, Bowie commented that he felt like he was in a mire while making this album and expressed disappointment in having lost good songs by allowing the album's production to to give the songs too much of a session man.
0: That is very on point. Very session man. Very like, here I I came up with a riff, now everybody else do all the work.
1: Also important to note that no song from this album was ever performed on any of Bowie's tours after 1987.
0: Well, we know why.
1: Yeah. He basically had a lot of bad things to say about this album and, and about where he was at in his life. I do think it's odd, like, I think a lot of the same problems, like, showed through in his 90s career, but he, like, started to recover. I think, actually, his work in the in the 2000s and the 2010s is great, uh, culminating in Black Star, which Black I think is, is one of his best albums. An
0: incredible album um being such a legend to give this final gift knowing that you're dying of cancer to put out yeah probably some of your best work in your entire how many years 50 year career 40 year career i mean unbelievable
1: i think 50 i mean first album was 67 70
0: that's unbelievable yeah that's 50
1: years 50 years that is
0: 50 fucking years
1: So, you know, for someone with a career that length, I guess it can be forgiven to have a few duds, um, but this final, next and final track, I refuse to forgive. Unforgivable. I refuse to forgive.
0: And we will not forget. (laughs) You
1: probably, you may know what it's going to be. If you've seen the video, you definitely know what it's going to be. Oh, yeah. Um, If you haven't seen the video, I would say you should watch it because it's hilarious. Pause the pod. Watch the video, and then do yourself a favor and watch the version of the video where they have taken out the music and replaced it with the sound effects of what they're doing. Uh, If you haven't already figured it out, we're talking about a single... Oh, man. ...released in 1985. Yes. By one David Bowie and one Mick Jagger. We're talking about dancing in the streets...
0: Flailing in an alley. (laughs) And...
1: I see the part you're queuing up, Heather, and I have to ask that you play the beginning where they shout out the names of places. Oh, yes. Because that is just the best.
0: So this was this was specifically recorded for Live Aid 1985. So that is, I would say, if we were going to forgive anything, it would be the fact that at least this was for charity and presumably raised some amount of money for some amount of, you know, hungry people. Let's, let's fucking hope.
1: I mean, look, I mean, there was some serious famine going on in Ethiopia, like... Uh, uh, it, it was important. It was. They did good work with Live Aid. Like they got a lot of money for people who needed it, but also like it's the most like white savior fucking bullshit. Oh yeah. Like oh, the yeah. worst. Like, do we, if you ever. Have you, like, Heather, we watched. The thin that, White uh, Savior. <laughs> we watched. Because it was Bob, what's his face? who did that shit. Who cares? We watched the making of the song oh my God. Do They Know It's Christmas? We did VHS of that. Stunning. that was
0: stunning. Which was
1: all of these, like, extremely.
0: Wildly coked out. <laughs>
1: coked up. White men patting <laughs> the themselves on the back. White rock stars. For, like, flying in to record one line while doing <laughs> 50 lines.
0: Yeah, literally singing a song. <laughs> Called Do They Know It's Christmas for Starving African Children. Because apparently, what's more important than actually, you know, feeding people who need food is making sure that they know about Santa Claus. Yeah. <laughs> because of their backwards primitive culture that couldn't could doesn't even know that it's Christmas. Yeah.
1: Somehow more egregious oh. than that is this song, Dancing oh my in the God. Streets.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Which was originally intended to be a simultaneous cast satellite live performance uh with david bowie and mick jagger each performing in respective stadiums uh but because uh technology wasn't smart like that they yeah, would have had to record it with a, a delay a delay yeah. because these rock gods aren't actual gods that can fucking bend society and technology to their will um it that didn't happen and so they just played think- it multiple times to great uh shock and dismay (laughs)
2: yeah yeah yeah
0: so (laughs) without further ado let's hear them shout uh the names of
1: countries countries continents whatever either or it's all the same it's all the same
0: here we go
2: okay tokyo (laughs) australia
0: Oh, white. (laughs) Oh, let's get into this one. Let's get into the fact that these two fucking clowns the cover of this of the single is just them like grabbing each other clutching each other with their mouths agape like guppies. Oh yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> just, what the entire music video that's is. That's what too. yeah it's and, just
1: them in a warehouse getting so close to kissing.
0: And, and yeah <laughs> Mick Jagger in an explosive green bla- blouse. <laughs> <And we're
1: getting laughs>
0: David Bowie wearing and a raincoat like, for they were some like, reason.
1: They were both like 40 at this point too like they sh- it, were, it was t- too late for this oh. and it's just like you know sometimes when artists have a sexual relationship you get something brilliant like Fleetwood Mac or like the White Stripes or Two Tongues it's a shame that after Bowie fucked Jagger this was the best they could come <laughs> up with
0: man oh man this oh is, man this is
1: like you can hear you get high on cocaine when you hear this song
0: <sighs> i wish I, I mean i guess I can,
1: I, you don't even get high you just get the the hang the, the come down the come yeah down the immediate
0: the dri- come down
1: <laughs> the discomfort of the drips without any of the come benefit
0: up. Yeah. yeah Oof
2: god
1: this is a this is a, by the way is another cover the third cover on the list it's a Motown standard that should not have been anywhere near these 40-something-year-old white men. Uh, they, <laughs> I hope, are embarrassed about this. I mean, if Bowie was so embarrassed by it, it never let me down. Like, you know...
0: It's like if Rihanna and Lady Gaga decided to like, you know, it, the thing was, the part of what makes it so bad is just the overhypedness, the fact that it was like the, you know, Did it's good. No, it's going. It's okay. good. I was just double checking. It's like the, you know, it's like the Al Capone's vault of music videos. You know what I mean? It was like, it was so hyped up. Mick Jagger and David Bowie working together, blah, blah, blah. Like, and then to do this. Like, it, it's like Lady Gaga and Rihanna, like, you know, for the, for the Grammys, they're gonna perform like you've never seen them before. And then they do just like the lamest, like, candy-coated fucking chintzy tinny version of like the locomotion <laughs> together yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, and, like with no choreography and like record it in a warehouse and take the first take
1: yeah
0: <laughs> which this really was they did it in in one or two takes oh it sounds and yeah, you can tell
1: dashed off for sure Oof. i mean also i want to point out um the countries or the shit that they say in the beginning okay so here's what we got tokyo city South America, continent, Australia, continent, France, country, Germany, country, UK, country, Africa, territory, <laughs> con- yeah, territory <laughs> Africa, Continent. Um, Noticeably, for the white countries, they say the country. Oh, yeah. uh, For the brown countries, uh, you know, they don't say any countries. They can't be bothered to learn what actual country this famine is in that they're giving money to. It's just Africa. It's
0: just Africa. It's just Africa. They don't even know it's Christmas, they don't have countries.
1: (laughs) Again, and they even do it again later in the song when they say Philadelphia PA dancing in the street, Baltimore and D.C. now dancing in the street, <laughs> don't forget the Motor City dancing in the street, on the streets of Brazil. <laughs> 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 that- you put
0: a Rio de Janeiro. <laughs> right. like it literally goes to the beat, but you couldn't, yeah, couldn't bother to learn anything.
1: And then back, anything. back in the USSR, no, don't matter where you are, at least, you know, little Beatles reference there at least. Yeah, man, this is this song again, and I implore you to watch the music video if you've not seen it. But uh, this is the definitely the worst thing that Bowie ever did.
0: I, so, did he feel shame for this?
1: I, I don't know because I, I haven't. I don't seen, think you thought about it at all. Like
0: I saw a lot of what we you were like the 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 shame of never let me down and tonight like the reaction he had and, and to the you know to the response. But I mean, this was pretty immediately universally critically panned, right? Like people were like shocked by this. Well,
1: I remember when I was a kid in the late '90s, they did a countdown on MTV of the cheesiest music videos of all time, uh, and this was number one. Yeah, this beat out. Um, separate ways by journey which is also an incredible (laughs) fucking music video uh, where a guy plays a keyboard glued to the wall of a warehouse
2: um,
1: (laughs) (laughs) among other things This,
2: Um, this
0: video is literally just two men like flapping their limbs at each other in increasingly exaggerated and sweaty ways it's it's so rhythmless. It's a rhythmless dervish of of like frantic desperation and no emotion, no meaning, nothing. It's it sucks. It's so it just bad. Sucks.
1: And I, I can't find any statement <laughs> from Bowie about the song at all. Like I don't know. I don't know. You know, maybe it's like it's br- not-
0: like Bruce Willis and Bruno. Like you just don't talk about it. Yeah, you know, don't yeah. bring it up.
1: I'm glad at least that the money, some of the money from the song, helped people in need. But I don't think that that outweighs <laughs> the
0: fucking... In the grand <laughs> I mean, scheme of things. I think... Sorry, starving children. Yeah. The world would have been better off. <laughs> with...
1: <laughs> oh, yikes. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I, it's,
0: yeah, I, I do know. I agree. <laughs> I agree. Make it stop. The podcast where we take food out of literal orphans' mouths. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, we're done with this... The whole concept of yeah. these. That's nice.
0: Hey, good job to us. Good
1: job. We did we it. We got through it.
0: I got to say, this was this was nice. It was nice being, you know, chopping it up in the studio, yeah. just mano a mano. Just in
1: the lab, grinding. Just grinding.
0: Yup. No, this was fun. This was fun. I mean, the music, not not fun. Not fun. But um... I don't think
1: anyone had fun who no. was involved.
0: I mean, I think Mick Jagger and, uh, and David Bowie were having a lot of fun <laughs> with the concept of this song. Uh, They had
1: some fun somewhere outside the recording studio. Yeah, they did.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Marianne Faithful
1: is to be believed.
0: Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Come on.
1: But, um, yeah. No, I mean, it's over. I'm glad it's over. Uh, Now you know the worst Bowie songs. Yep. Uh, We did it for you,
0: Stoppies. We did it
1: for you. You don't have to, you know, you know what to avoid if you're going through the discography. And I'm sure sure at some point we'll revisit Never Let Me Down. Um, I, I can't imagine that we won't at some point do that album because there are... 10 other really bad songs on that
0: album. Bad, bad stuff. Bad that stuff. Bad stuff. But good times, as, yeah. as usual. Yeah. Uh, so as yeah, advertised. As advertised, <laughs> we do bring it to you. We give it to you every ball. Um. <laughs> so yeah, we. Got, I guess so. We don't rate this. We can talk about shows, uh, episodes coming up uh, that I'm excited about.
1: What do we have coming up? I know. Uh, we're we're usually like pre-booked like a few weeks in advance. But no, I we're... think
0: we're on. I'm on top of it. I'm working behind the scenes. We got. All right. We got. So we are gonna have Scott. Curland of the Writer's Bagel Basket podcast uh, is going to come on and we're going to discuss the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles album in its entirety.
1: You know what's funny? Um, I remember when Ben came on to talk about the Simpsons sing the blues that I I said that was the first thing I ever identified as bad when i was a kid but i forgot about the teenage mutant oh you ninja had a turtles repressed memory <laughs>
2: yeah
1: yeah yeah i remember renting that the vi- the video of it from the video store and Oof. just being just i could not i didn't understand why it was the ninja turtles and i wasn't enjoying it
0: shocked and appalled i don't, I don't and even you were know if like I identified it as
1: bad i was just confused
0: yes well we're going to get very confused with Scott Carlin so that'll be fun we also are going to be doing a christian album just straight up christian rock mm-hmm. with uh with lucifer Christmas and uh, Sherman Kurds, aka Shay, aka Cheryl, uh, my very good friend, both of whom were very hardcore Christians. So that'll be that'll fun be wild. to go down into Couple some dark us, memories. Yeah,
1: us heathens. <laughs>
0: yeah, well, I was raised very Catholic, so we'll have we'll have a fun time. Yeah,
1: but you like lost faith young, right?
0: I mean, yeah, 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 we both <laughs> yeah, did. yeah. I did. <laughs> um, yeah, no, they were hardcore for much of their adolescence into like, yeah through high school so it's it's gonna be intense and we're gonna be doing oh I'm really excited about this one Uh, Lisa McColgan uh, who's a singer um, uh, performs with the band Bikini Whale which is a B-52s cover band that's great it's local you should check them out Um, she actually took my podcast class and uh, we found out we had a bunch of mutual friends in common and she loved our podcast and she's very funny she's starting her own podcast she's gonna come on we're gonna talk about Chris Gaines
1: oh yeah Chris Gaines
0: hell yeah so and if you don't know about Chris Gaines That's Garth Brooks's rock alter ego, so we're gonna have some fun with that one too. And
1: I've never listened to Chris Gaines; I've only imagined what it might sound like. I'm I'm excited.
0: uh, Yeah, that that one's gonna be great. So we're we're excited about all those, and then. yeah, theoretically building to a season finale of some kind, but we'll we'll tell you more about that once we fucking figure it out.
1: Yeah, we haven't figured shit out. I mean, we're flying in the seat of our pants right now, but I'm excited about these upcoming episodes. They're going to they be really like- fun.
0: You can check out those and all of our other episodes at MakeItStopPodcast.com or by listening to us on Spotify or iTunes or any of the other places, many, many places you can get podcasts. Um, and you can like us on Facebook and Instagram at MakeItStopCast uh, and email us at makeitstoppodcast.gmail.com at gmail um, Please tweet at us your uh, your modified um, songs about fucking or kissing or doing you know any anything on the spectrum of <laughs> romantic uh, love with your son. Yes. Um, please please tweet those at us. We'd love to love to hear them. Um, and uh, well, conveniently, we
1: are done. I'm gonna go watch Game of Thrones and pass out.
0: All right. Bye. Bye make it stop podcast is recorded at the boston free radio podcast studio located at somerville media center in union square in somerville it is produced and edited by heather mccormick and the music that we use for our show has been produced by
2: patrick ahern thanks for listening